Okay. Hi, everybody. You, you know me. And Jess is supposed to be here tonight, <laughs> but she was able to make up several excuses, and Mama K excused her. I really would have liked to have Jess on the show, because it's an 80s movie. Uh, well, I think that would have been more. really interesting, but I think she was really shell-shocked after Snowpiercer, so... Yeah. I think so too. So you were merciful. I would not have let her go, but because this is your show tonight, oh, okay, you get yeah. the you got to give her the grace. So what we're doing tonight is our first host pick episode. I'm not crazy about the name, but we had nothing better. Kind of just came up with it. <laughs> um, it's basically one of our hosts here has to force the other three co-hosts, or in this case, only two, because one was able to get out of it, uh, to watch a movie of their choice, uh, or a documentary, or a short, or a series of clips on YouTube, or just any sort of video thing uh, that's available on a major streaming platform or otherwise free. Uh, so, Mama K is leading us here. She got the first yeah. pick for this month of March. Mama okay, what did you select for this episode well i mean there were a lot of things since it's so wide there were a lot of things to do and now i'm starting to think i should have just done some like random tiktok videos or something like that but i really wanted well, to delve picks in... coming up next month so you never know i know <laughs> cannot wait it's gonna be cat videos galore um no that's just maybe i don't know could be either so I really wanted to go and delve into like the sweet spot of my early, late high school, early college years and pick a John Hughes movie. And my favorite John Hughes movie is um, The Breakfast Club, followed closely by Sixteen Candles. In that realm, he sort of has two like sort of genres of movies, I guess. Um, but what was available for us was Pretty in Pink. So... Everybody oh, the, down. I really love Breakfast Club and uh, and Tuxedo <laughs> Clandles. So tonight we're doing Pretty in Pink. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are, I mean, they weren't streaming. So this is this is where we went. Pretty in Pink's also good. It's just not one of the ones that, um, I don't even think I saw it actually when it first came out. I think it's been more like, you know, repeats on TV and, and um, on movie channels and things like that. So I, it's kind of grown on me a little bit. There are pieces of it that I really do uh, alike and I really do... Um, think about a John Hughes movie and the more I think the more I've sort of investigated it a little bit there's some really interesting things to sort of talk about in in this movie I mean his you know he presents movies from the 80s is very it's it's it looking back at it it's like wow this is like super candy coated and legally blondish you know sort of in that realm I don't know what that genre is called but um mm. yeah so that's where that's that's what I picked John Hughes, you should say, wrote That's this, right. and he is a, primarily a writer. He also directs, but he was he did not direct this. Howard Howard Dutch directed this. I do not yeah not familiar with this man's work. Um, so pretty pink. I'll give the quick synopsis here. Uh, Andy, played by Molly Ringwald, is a high school girl from the wrong side of town. Blaine, played by Andrew McCarthy, is the wealthy heartthrob who asks her to the prom. But as fast as their romance builds, it's threatened by the painful reality of peer pressure. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't mind that um, that <laughs> definition. Uh, Wrong side of town. I, it's what? some weird weird phrasing. I was looking at some different yeah. ones. The, the whole the whole point is she's poor and he's rich. That's really right. the, and they the go to the line. same school. So yeah. yeah, there are other major characters in here that come into play. Um, but if you have not seen Pretty in Pink, where is this? We <laughs> this on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, where have you been the last thirty four years? So. Well, you know, there's people like like Nicole myself who were not alive when this came out i'm sure plenty of our listeners are under the age of what is it 30 34 years Wait ago a minute. This came out. is is this your first viewing of pretty and pink i've seen it once before nicole i believe this is your first one right 
I was I was a pretty in pink version. <laughs> Don't say, ever say that again. <laughs> uh, what is your quotes gonna be? Um, yeah, no, I had seen this. I had seen this once before, probably like uh, ten years ago, like probably when I was in high school. So. Yeah, I, I this is not one that I like. Breakfast Club, I, I watch all the time. Like not all the time, but like I've seen that multiple times. Uh, yeah. And then his some of his other like planes, trains, automobiles we always watch. That's kind of a different right. kind of John Hughes. But yeah, Home uh, Alone, those ones. Home yeah. Alone, yes, yeah, so, yeah, very interesting. Um, but no, I I I had seen this one once. I had not revisited it since the first time. Might be a reason. Well, for good. That. Um, so. <laughs> So if you have not seen Pretty in Pink and you want to catch up with it, or if you want to remember it because you are like Mama Kay and grew up with it in the high school, college age bracket, it is in, not in theaters, nothing's in theaters right now, we'll get to that later. Uh, Amazon <laughs> Prime, if you have any interest before we spoil it. Uh, usually we have a rating system here, but because this is a different type of show, we are not doing that. We are actually going to turn to Mama Kay Oh, okay, you already said well, kind of why you picked this. What kind of yeah. what do what do you expand more on that? What are you looking to talk about on this? Well, I think it's just it's going to be interesting to talk about how somebody you know people that are your age particularly how they view this film and how it was different than maybe how I viewed it when it when it first came out or when those types of films were out when I was younger and how uh, how I see it now and how even when I was I when I watched it this time I was like wow, I never really noticed a couple of things about it. I mean, there's, of course, there are things you nitpick about that are easy things like acting and such things, but there's some thematic things that I think that I didn't really uh, think about. And I think with some of his other films, it's a little, this is really hyper-focused on three characters with a couple of really important, you know, backup characters. But mm-hmm. um, the, his other movies of this of this ilk are there's it's more of an ensemble cast where everybody sort of has equal billing. So um, that could be sort of the downfall of this movie is that I think his better mo- his better films are more like in this ilk are more like that. Um, not the Home Alone, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, obviously. Um, but I think that it's, it'd be interesting to just kind of ferret out the feelings about how how this resonates or doesn't resonate with you. Um, another mm. reason, one of the reasons I really that I do like this movie is that I think it's one of the movies where it's actually he uses the music from the '80s really well. Um, it's exactly my kind of music from the '80s, so that's mm. appealing to me. Um, but if he did play orchestral maneuvers in the dark, if you leave one more time doing it, I'd been like, oh, please, I, now I want to leave. Like this song <laughs> is making me want to go. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my general thoughts and, and feelings for it. Before I give mine, since I'm like the middle of kind of the middle person, since I've seen it once before, but not from this era, Nicole, going in fresh, you have general <laughs> thoughts on what you thought of Pretty in Pink first time in? Sure. Um, you know, I know that we were just discussing what kind of genre you, you put this film into, and it's definitely, for me, the genre of, like, cult classic films. Yeah. Um, you know, you think of, like, you said you mentioned Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. These are, like, say anything. Like, these yeah. movies are cult classic films where they they really classify themselves into a time period and it's interesting to go back and watch them, you know, as they've become 
older films, you know, in, in a sense of the word, but sort of um, time capsules you know, of, just, of that. Yeah, of that exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. Just to see how they how they stack up to how the world is now. And if I can say anything about what yeah, I felt, well, yeah, say yeah. Anything. yeah, that's good <laughs> about watching this film putting it into the perspective of like what types of movies are out right now um you know the 21st century and whatnot you know of just just the 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 way that films are made this Mm. type of movie is rather boring and i the reason i say that is because exactly how what mama k had stated like this focuses on three people and there's no action it's a story of four days worth of things or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's and not very long. It's it, the the biggest the biggest thing that we're dealing with here is a prom. Like it's not like cars blowing up and mountains getting shot at. Whatever, I don't care. You know, it's like shot at. <laughs> with, I hope with that's our next them, movie. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the stakes, like, it the stakes are it, low. I guess you could say. Well, it's it's not relying on production f- value and these crazy things. It's relying on storytelling and it's relying on an audience that's going to watch it because they feel connected to it. Like there's probably girls watching that movie when it came out and say, oh my God, I, I'm in the same situation. I'm waiting for my guy to ask me to prom, but I know that my best friend loves me, whatever. Right. It's definitely just things that are more relatable to real life and it's interesting to watch that now that the the world is so different for 30 years from then you know to what to what we're seeing now so mm-hmm. i didn't know what to expect going in because obviously i didn't see it before but based off of the other movies that i have seen from that time period um you know, I I enjoy Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, quite a bit, and that's the same. It's not it's not simple. It's just ho- wholesome. Like that's what we're gonna see. So I did have expectations, whether they met them or not. I guess we'll talk about that. But that's it's it. a very nice way of saying, Nicole. <laughs> this movie is dated. Um, a lot of eighties, <laughs> a lot of eighties movies suffer from being dated. Uh, I I it's weird because I look at. 70s movies a decade earlier the majority of like good 70s movies that have held up the test of time do that they hold up something happened in the 80s where like the movies my favorite 80s movies there's a couple where i'm like that's legitimately good that i really like like as like a legitimately good movie most of my favorite 80s movies though are like so bad it's good ones they are it is laughing at them because they're absurd well don't you think that they were just more experimenting in the 70s with different things and this is like let's bring it back down to reality 70s yeah it was like the time of like uh, filmmakers taking control of projects and doing new big like a lot of the big you know, directors of, you know, started, uh, what is it, uh, completely controlling the project. But, you know, 50s, 60s, it was all the studios pumping out movie after movie, and there's some standouts, right. but the, the, the artists took control in the 70s. And then in the 80s, I don't know if the studios retook control or if they just decided to make, like, the same kind of thing yeah. over and over. Like, 80s movies no, I feel all like feel... There was... what? Yeah, I feel like there was a flip flop, and what, and I think maybe something also that had to do with it was accessibility. Like, there wasn't, you know, VCRs were just a thing, and you know, there were movies that were being made for video at the, and that, you know, this is all new. This was, 
not stuff that happened in the 70s. Direct-to-video became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to see a movie in the 70s, you went to the movie theater or, you know, you waited for it to come on TV, which really wasn't like it is now where it's you can watch movies all the time because there's a, you know, 300 channels and, and streaming. And, you know, there was like until cable came, you maybe had 15 channels at the most. I had three. So it's like you, there wasn't you know, there wasn't so much to consume. Let's put it that way. And I think once the 80s came around, it became super consuming. And so movies or movie theater movie production uh places were just pumping out movie after movie after movie and when you find something that works like a john hughes movie you're going to be formulaic about it and you're going to have some hits and you're going to have some misses there's a major same a sameness to all of them not just from john hughes but even like big directors who have had hits in other like spielberg movies in the 80s and robert zemeckis films in the 80s and these all felt uh, like I felt like one person could have made like 500 movies in the 80s. Like it all, they all have a very. Yeah. You look at like the big seven. What's what are some big 70s movies? You got like a Star Wars. You got a Godfather. You got a Jaws. These are all very different feeling movies. They don't like. There's they can't they can't even take place in like the same anything. And then you jump to the 80s. You think of like the biggest movies from the 80s. All the different John Hughes movies I already mentioned. You think of Back to the Futures, ETs. Yeah. Like there's just there, there's a very it's, I think it has a lot to do with the music, the synthiness of of the '80s definitely uh, yes, cuts through. You think of the '80s movies that aren't samey same, the later Star Warses, which have an orchestra, so that's a big difference. Uh, the Indiana Jones yeah. movies do not Indiana feel Jones super movies, '80s. Yeah. Of course, they're set in a different time period. I wonder if that has anything to do with like you know more people wanting to go to the movies and stuff in the 80s like i don't i don't know but like maybe there's a younger crowd that started forming that yeah. goes well, to the movies after school and yeah. all these things so why not make something that's more geared towards them instead of star wars or instead of jaws where you know 16 year old kids aren't maybe aren't as interested in that as they are watching someone hmm. drive around in a new car and yeah. go to school high production value is not important also i mean that's that's kind of what happens i think is that it doesn't have to to be a French connection or it doesn't have to be you know yeah even the horror movies were different there were Rosemary's Baby and you know uh Omen and things like that and oh and horror, then, 80s horror movies are notoriously campy like they yeah you look at 70s well versus that's 80s. not the 80s that's the 70s though Th- those are all 70s oh, when was movies. like Nightmare on Elm Street and the first Jason that's not and... but that's not the same as the Omen and, and Rosemary's Baby those are very 70s movies. well that's what I'm saying and... the, the more serious those are yeah. more serious horror films though when you get to the 80s like right the rest of the movies they all they all get in this weird camp i don't know if uh, people thought that was like you were okay is that just all you knew (laughs) is it like how there were three tv stations and tv was horrible for the first 70 years before people figured out how to tell a story is that how movies in the 80s were i mean did they regress pretty bad tv was pretty bad it was um i mean there was there was fun campy tv and then it was sort of became like ridiculous campy tv it's sort of like the reality shows nowadays it's you know, it just gets worse. And if you can think of it, they'll put it, do a reality show on it. That's sort of what it felt like then, only it wasn't reality. It was all scripted. Also, I think part of it, too, was the multiplex movie theater came into, you know, being like right. I'm guessing like for me, it was probably like right around 1981, 82, something like that. And so you would just sort of go to the movies all day because there wasn't this thing. There were no... like. They put in line things to use, but you just went and paid for one movie and you went and watched movies all day. Um, 
So, and every week that changed. So they had to keep pumping out all these movies to go into all these different movie plexes. I think that was a, a big part of it. And I think Nicole's right that a lot more people started having, spending money on entertainment that way. Cause there were, you know, it was drive-ins before that. And those were starting to go by the wayside because of, you know, land was more important than having a drive-in. You could have a, you know, giant condo complex on that, on that piece of land. So um, I think there's a lot that contributes to it. And I think, you know, I don't, I would never put this movie in like the same vein as a lot of the super weird campy eighties movies and even into the nineties. some. Um, but I think that that was just the time of, of them pushing out a bunch of stuff, which is why you had a million nightmare on Elm Straits. And, you know, there was, you know, Rocky was great. Rocky two, Rocky three, Rocky four, Rocky five, Rocky six. Was that necessary? You know, the same thing. A couple of those are good, but around three, they go from like the first Rocky is like a gritty indie drama. Rocky four is ridiculous. (laughs) Rocky five. And like after once you hit, but I'm I'm just saying wrestling Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Before this time frame, there wasn't, you didn't have sequels to movies. You just didn't, you know, before like 1978, you didn't have sequels to movies. You just had well, a movie and that was that. Well, that's <laughs> so. where I think 80s films really shine in their production value in the sense that those are the the easiest films to reproduce with a new spin. Like I think of, you know, in the 2000s, I think of Legally Blonde and High School Musical and things like that. Those are totally 80s films. Right. You know, right, right. And even though they're not they're from just, the 80s, that's the same kind exactly. of genre you're talking about. Yeah. They're just rebranded for the time period. And I think that the 80s really gave us the films that are a blank canvas where we can adapt it to any time period we want to. So I yeah. think that that's where it does shine. You know, we I, I said it's boring. Because nothing happened, you know, but I'm used to watching more movies now than I ever have. And what I see now is Fast and Furious and all these things where <laughs> where they're really outrageous. But if we, you know, when you when you think about something simple as, what the fuck movie are we doing? With, uh, Penny, with Pretty in Pink? Pretty in Pink. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to bring um, back Dory. <laughs> you know, I must have said 16 Candles, but no, it's Pretty in Pink. <laughs> um you know, it's it's something that's so relatable that we can carry that on every decade if right. we want to and make something new of it. So that's where this does become an interesting film because it's so easy to watch that that let's make it let's make it again. And if we yeah. bring it back around to the movie we're actually doing, Pretty in Pink, uh, what what and we compare it to other John Hughes movies. We've been doing that. The gold standard John Hughes movies. You got to think Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Those are probably the two. If someone's going to say what's your favorite, those two probably come up the most. Yeah. What's great about those and why those still hold up, and they're some of the few '80s movies of this ilk that escape camp and like like not being dated. Basically, those characters and those situations all feel still feel relatable. They all still feel like. Kids today understand those kids then, even though the times are different, the technology is different. Like they're the the archetypes are strong and they're deep enough where we understand like what kind of people they are. Uh, Pretty in Pink, I don't think does that very well. Uh, Nicole, you don't think that there's still like a class warfare? Not piece that... like this. This feels well. I, I'm ridiculous. not. Yeah, I'm saying not. Not like this. No, but like, I mean, Breakfast Club. You have the five types of people or whatever, and while. Yes you know it's 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 still somewhat dated to today like i think that's closer i think those types of people are closer and the way they interact are closer the the yeah. the stark divide of 
rich people and poor people in the same school not even be able to like talk to each other and like just the snarky the over the top bullying i don't know how it was back then i i went to school in the 2000s so turn of the century bullying (laughs) around our in our school was not big i maybe it's just i grew happened to grow up in a nice community but there was not a lot of crazy (laughs) bullying Not like this. This is absurd. And the, the one of the biggest hangups I have, Nicole, I guess you grew up in a completely different area. Was it, does any of this feel like it could be really high schoolers? Because to me, they don't. It doesn't. I. It feels like I have to make up this other universe where this is how high schools are. It doesn't feel relatable. I mean, it's to. It's totally exaggerated in the aspect of there's. I, I can't imagine schools having two separate playgrounds or whatever the fuck you want to call them courtyards for the class different classes like that's not how it is in in modern day you know and for the guy to feel so uncomfortable to step out there with the quote freaks if you want to say that because that's what they were portraying those people as you know when he was looking for whatever her name is you know andy that andy yeah when when he was out there looking for her and everyone's staring at him like they've never seen him in their whole life you fucking go to school with him like you know who he is and it's it's not it i i can't imagine it being as exaggerated as it was like i did not feel that when i went to high school either and you know we we did live in different parts of the country so it's it's weird hmm. to see there wasn't like group and i don't know if warfare. they were just... it was like everyone was just kind of like there were individual people who had problems with each other but there weren't like entire cliques like going to war with other cliques well like, i don't know it... if they were trying to prove a point somehow you know where it's where they were trying to make us believe that they were at different um financial stage stages you know i i if they didn't ever bring it up i would have never fucking known because they they both looked the same. They both had... Right, you were like, why wow. are they all mad at this guy yeah. for going into the club? He, was like, I was like, because he's the rich guy. He, she was, you were like, how would they know that? And like, clothes, his hair, I don't know, the way he's he just, walks. And yeah. you're like, that's stupid. I don't buy that. Like, Well, when you said to me, like, Ducky is is one of the poor kids, I'm like, his outfits are awesome. Like, I don't see him as being one of the poor kids at all. Like, like well, Ducky Well, because cool, we live in today hey, so, where you can wear whatever the fuck you want right. and be whatever the fuck you want. Right. And right. You, and let me, that's let me, where the disconnect comes. Let me inject a little bit of the, yeah, of, like, real 80s world from you. Like, that would have, they would have been different. I mean, it, this was obviously um, extreme, to make a point. But um, yeah, when I was going to school, there were certain places where you ate lunch. And it wasn't just because that's where you guys decided to eat lunch. It's sort of where you were allowed to eat lunch. Like there were people that sequestered a certain area and you didn't go over there. That was not your area. Um, And depending on where you were on the social scale is, you know, whether you got a really nice brick wall to sit on or whether you were grass sitters or whether you were in the parking lot. I mean, well, this brings up our naivety of this time and not knowing that this still was, was as extreme in the eighties as we thought it was. Cause I certainly did not. Oh yeah. Now like the guy, the, the, the Richies are preppies and the other kids are, you know, they're like, I don't know that now they'd be considered like, you know, art school kids or whatever, but I don't remember what they were would have been called back then but it was just sort of you know preppies were the top of the food chain and and that was true everywhere so you know this isn't it the only the part that's really hard for me looking back at it now is like you know um 
James Spader clearly is like in his mid twenties, maybe. Oh, like everyone in this movie and... except for um, except for uh, Molly except Ringwald for are Andy twenty yeah. or older. I think I think uh, John Cryer might have been nineteen, uh, but yeah, all the all the yeah. all the prep kids, yeah, I think they're 25, 26. Yeah, um, weird to see James Spader. Weird to see James Spader young. Always weird to see him young because now, because I, I know what he becomes. I know what he is now. So it's right. very. Uh, hmm. Well, he's really like the only. You know, I mean, there's there's stuff that John Cryer's been in, and there's stuff that, and you know, Andrew McCarthy's like a he's a producer and director and things like that. Andrew Dice Clay's the bouncer. James Spader. Andrew Dice Clay. Harry yeah, Dean Stanton up till yeah. you know his death a couple years ago, but I mean, he he continued to be he continued to be what he is now and what he pretty much always yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, there was. People, those people were all, you know, relevant back then, but I think the person that is, you know, most uh, prolific or most maybe evolved or whatever is the is James Spader um, in this situation. Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton came off of, uh, oh, God, what's that cult movie with Emilio Estevez? Oh, Repo Man. drawing a blank on him. Repo Man, yeah. He had just come off of uh, Repo Man before this movie, so. That's a great um, movie. You should have picked that. Oh, that's probably not streaming anywhere. It's not streaming. (laughs) That was one on my list where I was like, but that's one where I'm like, it's like it's it crosses the line between campy good and so bad it's good and also being legitimately but, good. It like walks that 80s. A lot of my favorite 80s movies walk that line, like Weird Science, another John Hughes. I like that more than this because that's kind of bad, but like the badness mixes with what's actually genuinely good about it. And well, so that falls into the cult classic category, right. like yeah. that is some people's favorite 80s movie because. It holds such a resonance with them for years at a time. You know? I think Sixteen the... Candles is the same way. It's when it first came well, out. Sixteen Candles. There's like it was as... straight up rape in that, and like that's played off as cool. Which again, an '80s thing. Can't go through an '80s movie without calling someone the uh, the gay <laughs> f word. So I, I would rather not say that. But uh... I know I'm just, but I'm just like that was way more. This was one of the realistic. This Breakfast Club. Uh, there was a really bad movie later with Andy or Andy. What's his, what's his name? Molly Ringwald and. Uh, Andrew McCarthy called Fresh Horses, which was really bad. If you if you're heard having of that. issues with eighties movies, it might have been in nineteen ninety. Really bad. Um, so I mean, this is this is this is quintessential that time, and it is a little more relatable, just because I think you know, as much as people talk about bullying now and cyberbullying and all that kind of stuff, that you know, there was real life in face bullying in 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 school, growing up. So, um, and it was you know. If you weren't cool, you weren't cool, and you were going to be, people were going to tell you about it. So that's kind of where we're at. The theme, I mean, the theme of this, the one of the themes of this is, you know, or the big theme is, you know, being able to cross lines, and and it's really not important. It's important who you are. Don't change yourself for anybody. So then when I'm watching it this time, just, I'm going into another segue, unless you guys are... Nope, keep it moving. You... No, I, ha- I had another oh. I had another segue to go to, too. So, no, we'll go okay. after this right. one. I'm excited um, to hear this one. Yeah, so the um, Annie Potts character, which is, um, she works with the Andy character. Uh, In the record store. Una, Ina, Iona. Something like that. Iona. All the character it. names are either um, really weird or they're gender flipped. Another interesting thing about this. Yeah. Andy yeah. and Blaine. Are, um, or they're white. I didn't or gender you. flipped. Andy oh, and yeah. Blaine are the, are the yeah. girls. Steph is a guy. Ducky and Iona. I mean, I've heard one other person named Duck ever, and it's <laughs> short for either Philip or Richard. And then Jack is really? the only. Oh no, not Jack. Uh, wait, Benny. Everyone's gender flipped. Only, only Jack. Only the dad is regular named. The dad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So. Um, I wonder what the symbolism of that is. 
I don't know if it's symbolism. Uh, I just think it's just well, eighties. Everyone like guys look like girls, girls look like guys. Like to speak, uh, to yeah. speak not so PC. <laughs> it's a bad time but like that. you know, the, the, there was the glam look, which was eighties were yeah. weird, man. Which I don't know how you really did all that big. shit. Is <laughs> <laughs> but the music was fun. Um, so and in, in watching it this time, and I you know I guess it had been in the back of my head before, but I it really sort of hit home this time. So the the Iona character is very funky, and she works with you know Andy's like funky funky, but Iona's like out there. Um, Iona's probably and, my favorite character. She's the one who I enjoy watching the most. I think. Yeah, I you know who? Well, we can talk about that later. But yeah, so she's um she's very super funky, and and she you know goes along with trying to guide Andy on her you know, on her mission to where should she go out with Blaine? Should she, you know, what should she do when Blaine dumps her and doesn't want to take her to the prom and all of this kind of stuff. And, and then toward the end, we find that she's completely changed herself around for a man. Like her whole character, she's all like, (laughs) she's funky. Her parents, her parents are like, you know, you're always weird. And, you know, we never get to see you in a dress and all of this kind of stuff. And then we find her toward the end where Andy comes to visit her because she's upset. And she's dressed like a normal person. Well, as normal as the 80s girls get, but she's dressed like a normal I was able person. to gather that. I'm like, and, oh, why does she look like a senator's wife now? I'm like, it was very odd. <laughs> <laughs> That's a normal girl in the 80s. Um, Oversized suit jacket. My, what large Snow shoulder pads yeah, you her- have. <laughs> Yes, mm. and I like your popped collar very much. I love how pointy the top um, of you is. It's very nice, right? <laughs> and you know, and and she's and the guy is there too. And the guy looks like you know he looks like a guy from the eighties, and he even says something you know demeaning, sort of like have her take her you know shake her tail feathers to get ready, let's go or something you know really kind of like oh my god, we were still asleep and, and we're not woke yet. There was no woke. <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> but that that i'm like what i'm like what where, why is that in this movie how does that belong in this movie at all because the whole point of it is is andy needs to be andy and she makes her own clothes and she you know she marches to her own her own drummer and that maybe she's okay. stepping back so andy can have her time to shine but they don't really run in the same worlds. They just, you know, they 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 cross, but they don't really. Well, Iona's also like fifteen the... years older than her. Like, and she looks good for her age. Yes. And I sometimes forget that she's not another one of the teenagers because the teenagers are all also yeah, no, not their not. age. But like, she's <laughs> right. like she's like I bet. No, I'm, she's definitely. Blaine was definitely closer in age to her than to Molly Ringwald. <laughs> And that was kind of clear. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole her and Ducky kissing, which is very weird, too. That's another, you know. Yeah, weird, weird thing. But that's an like 80s thing. Is I like don't ever The nerdy guy kisses, like, like the like the older, like, like weird, the hot, but hot girl. girl. Or... Yeah. that's That felt very, yeah. like, 16 Candles. I feel like there's some stuff. There's a lot of that in that movie. I feel like that's a John Hughes, like, trying to, you know, maybe Risk he was taking. the nerdy guy. And, you yeah. know. He flips it, though. He has the weird girl get... kiss uh, the hot jock in... Uh, Breakfast Club. So, you know. That's true. He's also very short. I mean, hot is relevant. Uh, he's is, the is he's relative, the he's the so. rich athlete. I, I mean, I know. I know he's a wrestler and he's Emilio Estevez, but I mean, he's Yeah, the rest yeah, he didn't make him a football player, you notice. No. He made him a wrestler. No, so. he wasn't going to be Charlie um, Sheen. Anyway. He was going to be Emilio Estevez. So, that's <laughs> definitely going to be Emilio Estevez. <laughs> 
Um, so I just found that to be, I mean, did you guys notice that when you were watching the film or did that, you know, play out at all for you? Did you think about the difference between I really how didn't. it's supposed to be that and then they have this as a subplot? Sure. Like, I'm, to- I'm totally understand what you're saying and that they're going against the whole theme Theme. that we're trying to get to you know of of being your own person and then her falling into society standards you know um i totally see that but not while watching it i think i was just not paying attention enough to see that Mm -hmm. that if i had gone back now and see her you know lay lay low on the on the hairstyles and the the makeup and things and, and fall into this casual person then yeah it's it would probably bother me because that's exactly right like we're trying to watch women become their own person and then we have someone falling into this category of you know of what society wants so right right yeah that's that's a very interesting thought it didn't distract me because i i think i said it on another thing when i watch movies especially older movies i watch them much more from a behind the camera aspect when a good story sucks me in i'm in but like when i'm watching a movie like this a little bit more um like like uh critically through a time lens i put myself in that time period and i'm like oh well yeah it makes sense that the the writer would have her end up with a man at the end i mean that's what what she did back then and she gives her last advice to the to the girl and the girl goes and picks her man at the end she picks she has two choices and she picks the one that the movie was leading you towards uh but maybe that's what they want maybe that's what john hughes really thought of of what he wanted to do it probably was if we take the name if we if we take the namesake of the movie and show that um iona is starting to move on from her it's not reckless lifestyle but wild child free free woman lifestyle and moving into settling down that's her passing the dress along like that's her passing on her her youth into wanting to settle down right. with somebody and it's not, so maybe that's where where he's coming and it's not from. Fra- and i agree with you because it's not framed in a cynical like like she's lost her 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 freedom and woman herself right out it something. doesn't because like today that's yeah that's how you could look at that because you know we're in a different you know climate today that's not how people would view this the ending of her ending today it would feel like you know, some guys like, yeah, you end up with the guy. That's of course that's what happened. But this is much more framed like, gr- it's much more framed as she's her late adolescent growing up period, um, which I think is a perfectly legitimate way to do that. I'm sure people do that in real life all the time, where they reach the end of their wild days and they want to go and settle down. I think that's a perfectly normal thing that happens to a lot of people, and it doesn't happen for everybody. And that's why you know you, you, that uh, this kind of story isn't what you would see more often today uh but i don't I, right. it's not like i wasn't expecting it like i kind of was i was kind of expecting the the end of this movie and i looked at uh, i read online the original ending of this movie was and it did not go over what test audiences is that andy ends up with ducky instead of jack yeah and i would have been like that would have been right. a kind of a twist for me back then because that's not what the movie was leading you to the movie was leading you to jack and the, the the weird you know what the weird uh reasoning was behind it is they thought that it would be um to blame it would be... jack is the dad why do i keep saying jack no blaine but oh you're blaine. right blaine my bad 
I keep thinking yeah. Blaine's the girl. Blaine's not the girl. Um, but Blaine is not a girl. <laughs> the girl is Benny. The names, the gender names. I mean, maybe maybe this is actually more woke than I thought. Um, the, the no, uh, yeah. Andy was originally uh, supposed <laughs> to end up with Ducky and not Blaine, and they thought that was too classist. Right. They thought Andy ending up with Ducky indicates the poor girl can't end up with a rich girl, and that to me is just like, oh yeah, this movie's about rich and poor people can't commingle. That's the big theme of the movie that's lost on me here that's what i have the most trouble grasping with i'm like it's totally lost i'm not even paying attention to that at all and i made i made that clear i know that's why you were like why don't they like each other i don't get why they're being assholes to each other i'm like because they're rich and they're poor that's how they get that's they don't get along and i'm like that's how they're the wrong side of the tracks I was seeing Andy's house, and and I understand her dad doesn't work and whatnot, but it was not that bad of a house. Like it was not, it wasn't portrayed Again, enough for me to. Eighties, oh, like she she poor. Well, when you, know? you look at, but if you look at the dichotomy, the difference between her house and like Steph's house, I mean, that's ridiculous. True. So I mean, that's that's the point that they were making. I agree with you. The house is not. I mean, it's definitely small and crowded. And you know their her story and and yeah and and her and her dad's story is so hard for me to, uh, I don't know whatever get behind. I guess it's important to have that that way, but it's really hard for me to. My biggest problem with the dad is he says, "Oh, I made my eggs just how I like them, over medium." Clearly, over hard. That egg is Shut that egg up, is. Brandon. There is no <laughs> running over medium. Is a is a. Let me talk about. Let me talk about my theme that I'm. Let's talk about what Nicole, Nicole wants to talk about for a it second. It really angered me. I'm like, yeah, as someone who orders over, over medium, medium eggs in the restaurants, they always do it over easy or over hard. I'm like, no, no, no. You need a little bit of softness on the outside, still runny at its. Course. I hope you cut this out. We're done with what this. Do you got, so, I think about the most is how poor ducky was totally friend zoned in this movie right that's our that's our uh, feel... 21st century terminology for it because back then it was just the nerdy guy yes. Yeah. yeah yes and it's just it that that particular like dynamic of characters i'm so over it like i i hate movies that do that because uh clearly there was some connection there and just to to that like throw him away, you know. I just I feel bad for him because why can't they just make them fall in love? Like that's what I wanted. Oh, so you happen. you wanted her to end because up with Ducky? Yeah, because their relationship was was pure, and I don't I'm not seeing it as the class thing. And I you know I do appreciate them showing the class the the two classes come getting together and and living together, you know, but. That's not relationship the fantasy, though. That's the thing. I know. Like, relationship that's wise, fantasy, so that's not it. I know. It's a shame because I thought that I thought they'd be V cute together. So. Also, Ducky is horrible. Ducky is so fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like but Ducky is unbearable. He's charming though. Like he he's charming no. in the in the uh... sense that he loves andy and it's very apparent and like when he comes in to the record store and he's dancing what song is he dancing to oh where he's lip syncing to the whole thing it's like um yeah i want to say it's like a it's like a marvin Gaye song it's like it's like a real soulful i can't remember what it is it's charming because he didn't care who else was in the room he did it for her and you know she gave the stank look on her face like what are you doing you're embarrassing me but I I don't find that embarrassing. I thought it was very sweet. So, you know, I 
I feel bad for him. Just standing up for all the nice guys out wi- there who don't quite know how to do. It. I did wish that they got together. Well, that's, that's very nice. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's been her life for a long time, and that's not anything that was ever going to change. Like she could have been successful on her own. You know, like like she didn't need a, a rich guy to to be successful in life. I feel like no, but they they no, had chemistry. I, I mean, they, for some reason. they totally did not why. get married. I mean, they they broke up before college. I mean, if we want to take this <laughs> to where it's gonna go, that you know that never happened. But is you the know. dad an alcoholic? You kept saying that. I don't it's think so. Bomb. I think he's just yeah down in his luck. Oh, okay. I was yeah, just curious. He's a down I on his gra- I mean, oh, this is also, yeah. what is this? Is I couldn't this a grab PG the movie? PG thir- it was PG-13 even invented yet? I mean, Probably PG-13. Okay, so this is yeah. one of the early PG-13 movies. Like, they're not going to go, like, hard edge, like, dad's drunk, abusive, absentee, like, you know, it's, they're going to make him just kind of down. No, but luck. it was bad enough, it was bad enough the way that it was that she, that, you know, you have this, this young girl that is living with her father who is... You know he's mentally a child. Like he's not he he's not taking responsibility for her for sure, and he's not taking responsibility for himself. And it's like wow, those role reversals are really disturbing for me. They're really hard to watch because it's just you know once you become a parent, you just fucking own up to it. And I don't care what you have to do. And the fact that he's like, well, I I'm gonna go out for that job interview, and then he goes and you know plays the ponies gonna, or whatever it is that he I, did I see where you're day. coming from. I push back a little bit on that though, for some reason. And there's a lot of like single parent, single kid relationships in different movies, and a lot of time the single parent will be kind of struggling, and the single kid will kind of like help pull the help help pull the parent up. Like the, it's almost like not to be creepy, but like they're the couple, and like the 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 kid is thrust into the responsible role because the older parent, like, or the, the parent is like, oh, either the other parent's dead, or the other parent's even worse, so they're even more absentee, and like, so I like it when the I like it when like the daughter has to like kind of like be thrust into that adulthood early, and the dad's kind of like you know not fully recovered. I that I don't like that at all. I I don't like that trope at all because I just don't I don't. You know, I know these characters are not real, but I know that this does happen in real life. And what it just does is it totally steals the childhood from somebody. And I just think that's, it's unfair. It's completely unfair. And it's, it's not anything, you know, it just, it's a weak, weak person that can't, you know, pony up and be the parent, no matter what it takes. I mean, how hard is it to go out and get a, I mean, how do they even, you know, I mean, you get to the point, it's like, how are they even surviving? Like, if he doesn't have a it job. It the 80s. Houses cost she, four grand, you know. It doesn't matter. You still have to buy food. You still have to, you know, you still have to pay either rent or a mortgage Yeah, nowadays that dude would be you straight homeless have... in like in like a month. But, you know, back then, a little more lenience. Well, you say that only because you're living now. You don't really know what Oh, come on. Like. You guys I mean, graduate. Still... How, about, how much was college back then? Yeah. It's, 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 it's... Bills are bills. Yeah, but we also made $2 an hour. So Yeah, you, you also know, were married with two kids know. with a job at 26 with a house. That that doesn't happen anymore. That's not that, that's not because we don't try to get a house. It's because you can't do that anymore. The, I know, I'm not I'm not saying that. When we were talking, we we're sort of talking a little bit about ap- apples and oranges. You still can't survive without money. It doesn't matter what how cheap things are. If you if you're not making any money, you can't survive. So it was, it's just, I don't like this trope. I don't like the fact that he's so, he's almost a little bit, when you said that they're like a couple, he's almost like that. He's almost, he, he's a little too indebted to her and too deferential to her because she's the only one who's, 
going to make something of herself. I think she goes off and does something on her own anyway. So I, I don't have a problem with how Hughes she John Hughes ever do up, but... college movies? Or is it all high school and then, like, adults? Like, there's no... Or, like, you know, high school and family. Is there any college People don't movies? do college movies. I mean... Because he's done tons of high school ones. He's done some like, with, like, like you know, adult kids. adults. Yeah. But... Right. Huh, interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Nicole. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, to talk about the other if, you know, I think that they actually played this for an audience with the other ending and the other in the audience was like, and I know that the studio for sure was like, nope, we don't want that. We don't want him. You know, we don't want her to wind up with him. And 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 that would be the worst thing for her, don't you think? End up with Ducky? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I I know romantically it might not be the worst thing, but I I'm thinking just like you know I don't know that he, she he can't seemed... progress in life type of thing or what. Well, it's just that her dad needs her so much that that's all well, we know well, what... about him, and then Ducky also needs her so much that that's all we know, and it's like who wants to be that? What is her character though? Like what is she? Like she's she's poor, kind of pretty, has a weirdo friend, has a crush on a rich guy. Her dad's kind of a deadbeat, has no mom. Like, but what 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 is she? What is her interest? What does she want? She works in a record store. She's gonna become a. She's going to become a designer. She's going to go. She's going to get a, a, yeah. She's going to get a. Um. Well, you don't say it like that. She's going to get a scholarship to go to you know the Rhode Island School of Design or something like that. She's going to become a designer. I I, I can't. I mean, I know she has glasses on in a class, and in the eighties, that means smart. But I, I don't. I, I. well, and she's, well, I don't know, she seems to be, the teachers don't hate her. No. They, you know. Well, no, the gym teacher was kind of mean to her. Well, that's, because gym teachers are mean. The principal was cool but with her, though. You are right. The principal we... was like, this isn't like you, why are you acting up like this? Very 80s principal. Because to, to, we all, cause we all <laughs> knew the principal the as like a personal friend of ours in high school. <laughs> well, I think that's what, I mean, I think she was kind of smart. Too. Well, also, they, you know, they were assuming that he was a nerd in high school, because that's also, you know. Hmm they have they they're the same kind of person and he recognized himself in her and yeah she i mean yeah i think she was smart i think since you, you know he she was helping ducky with his homework she seemed to know about but he's you know, faking being talking about dumber than he is to hang out with her i mean we you know well probably they say i'm pretty but, sure they they make it pretty clear in that one scene where they're studying together and then she leaves to go get juice boxes and then he's like just tell her how you feel <laughs> <laughs> i actually like that scene there's there, that's one scene that i really like where he's by himself and he's just sort of having his little soliloquy i kind of i i kind of uh, like that yeah. scene um um do you have, what do you have another uh, um, thing to lead on to nicole because i think i had i have one more thing to wrap with if no, I was, I was, I was really fixated on the friend zone portion of Ducky's relationship. So you, yeah, you would have liked to see. And then what? Blaine just fuck offs. Like he's just like fuck Blaine. Yeah, because I was pissed off at him because he. I feel like first off, I feel like he lied that he had asked someone to prom. Obviously, we see him sitting by himself. Yeah, he at lied. The prom. And but I'm again, like, he only lied because, he really... like, you're so poor, and my friends laugh at your poorness. Yeah, well, it's he, ridiculous. Let, he let other people's opinions of him get in the way yeah. of what he really, really felt, and that pissed me off. So, well, no, we I wish didn't that see she that. ended up we with Ducky. We didn't get to see that struggle either. He had, he went from that meeting in, like, Steph's dad's opium den or whatever you know, where Steph is like, get, get rid of her, man. She's like the worst. I don't even know what you say. I mean, go for uh, the, the, the bedroom where he's you know. getting like lit up while he's, uh, he, him and Benny are, are like 
basically bang him. Not not that uh, one. When they were when they were sitting downstairs in like the the dad's off um like office uh, or whatever, okay. and and he was just saying you know that she and and then and then all of a sudden he's not answering her phone calls. Like there was no segue to him seriously considering not dating her because of Steph being an asshole. Well, also I mean we haven't mentioned jerks. it. Steph asks her out in the beginning in his asshole douche way but this whole thing isn't like his whole like she's lower class is a put on thing like she she's mad because she she scorned him like the real and this is the last thing i want to ask you okay all right so so benny the the mean girl the 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 29 year old high schooler um is that real was were there really like mean mean people to the point where like they just her insults and her like ways to make fun are like there's like today there's like if someone did that today everyone else would laugh at that person because of how like ridiculous they like how like <laughs> like it's it's something like a, a six year old level thing to would do the the you know teenagers um, today I think are a little that that's not the person who would, I feel like those kind of co- things would probably in my in my time would happen more like in the middle school realm. Like by high school, you were already, you guys were already, everybody was in their, their lane. You already knew where your, where your people were. So it's, there weren't all of these like cross confrontation things happening. You, you were, you were usually in the classes with the people that were your people, you know, all the artsy people wound up taking all the artsy classes and yeah, sure. You would, you know, have English with a couple people, but there'd always be at least somebody that you had that was sort of in your clique or whatever, or in your in your zone so and i think by high school it was just more like you were already sorted out you know you were already in one of your houses you were a gryffindor or a slytherin and <laughs> when you were in middle school it was more lord of the flies which is sort of what this kind of you know the way that they treat each other um is like that i mean because even ducky we're you know we're saying that it's just the rich people but it's not both of them had clicks and ducky was ducky also didn't like him based on his status as opposed to based on what he was like. I mean, he did, you know, Blaine did a shit thing and, and Ducky was, you know, mad about it. But he that, comes but around. He also on didn't him. like him before that. Yeah, he does come around. They both come around on each other. Oh, they so, come around each other. Because um, they're, cause they're uh, um, guys. But I think that's more of a, that's more of a young middle schooler kind of thing as opposed to. You know, I'm thinking about that thing. I'm not saying you wouldn't happen. I'm thinking about that now, though. Like when I compare this to Heather's, another '80s movie where there's over-the-top meanness for no reason. Mm. That feels a little more not real, yeah. but like more zany and over-the-top. And because it's R, you can go extra vulgar with it. I'm wondering if the PG-13 is hindering the 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 reality of what what bullying would be like in in high school then, because Heather's feels that feels not not real but like it's more like crazy and over the top fun it leans into it this this feels like it's walking the line between legitimately good classic like not too much actually wrong with it like a breakfast club and a like kind of a terrible campy we like it today because it's we can look at it as terrible campy like a weird science this this is too it's too well, safe but not super interesting over the top i, I this the but it might be actually more realistic and that's why it's safe and and not as interesting because you know you're not i didn't know anybody in high school that put bleach in anybody's drinks um but i also you know didn't know anybody in high school that all got along peachy keen mm. so you know this was actually more more reality based i think than 
than, you know, I mean, Heather's is a very different kind. I mean, this is, John Hughes is not a dark, this is not a dark film. No. Um, it's not noir of any sort. So I think that, I mean, it's a different comparison. I think when once Heather's came out, I mean, Heather's is a couple of years later than this, I think, or at least, yeah. Um, and that was really groundbreaking at the time to have something like that. You know, that was that was sort of like a, a real shift in in storytelling. So, we have any closing opinions or that. thoughts on on Pretty in Pink, Nicole? You have any uh, any additional? I kind of showed my hand in the beginning here. I thought it was pretty boring. Um, How about simple? It's very it's boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, it's it is simple, but there's you can still see the underlying messages that that John Hughes wants to portray to us the the class differential and you know becoming your own person and breaking barriers like it, they're it's very obvious and you know it it wasn't my favorite John Hughes film and the eighties I'm sorry the eighties movies are not my favorite time period of movies so agreed. I no, didn't about, feel like I was like I said there's it, it's all like one I didn't time. feel like I was missing out yeah I, I didn't feel like I was missing out by never seeing this before let's just put it that way um I'm glad I saw it just to say that I saw pretty and pink in my life but you know what we didn't talk about at all was how she took the two dresses she was given by the two people she cared about and made a dress of her own and that's yeah. pretty much what the movie was about. So that's that's pretty great. Wow, um, Nicole. You just you just like blew my mind there. That's pretty good stuff, you know. Pretty good stuff. <laughs> um yeah, I mean I I can't even I can't even really say that I enjoyed it. Not even the soundtrack. I mean, the movie. The, I'm not. The this isn't our time. I'll tell you right now. I'm sorry to. I'm sorry to disappoint, Mama K. But the oh '80s is God. probably my least favorite time of music. Like I. Yeah, Nicole oh, loves. Man. I like Fox she loves like and that's '50s, it. '60s, '70s, '90s, oh. 2000s, 2010. It's really literally she skips right over it. It's a special, <laughs> you know what? It's a special soul who can sit and listen to some 80s music. Tears for Fears is 80s, Brennan, right? I think he's one of those people. What? Tears for Fears is 80s, right? Yes. Okay, that's like, like one that's of my favorite bands. You're like ever. one of the special people who can... who can. What did you just say, Brennan? Tears for Fears. Tears okay. for Fears. That's my favorite oh, 80s band. Fears. And okay. like, yeah. Yeah, they're incredible. Yes. But like... That... Like Flock of Seagulls. Like, I like Bon okay, Jovi. Well, I like Flock like, of Seagulls, too. But... There's... There's a couple things I can make exceptions for, but the rest is like it's not my style. So the best Michael Jackson this isn't... in the '80s. Can you stop cutting me off? That's a... <laughs> Let I me finish my thought. This movie did, was not good. That's all. Good night. All right. Yeah. Nicole said we're not going to do full recommends or not recommends, but you can kind of tell what Nicole's saying there. Okay. No. Closing thoughts on on Pretty in Pink. It's nostalgia. It's complete nostalgia. Um, I don't even. I don't think about the titles of John Hughes movies because sometimes, I, I mean, Pretty in Pink, okay. Because she makes the pink dress, uh, like Nicole says. She end. sews the lives together into one I know. dress She's... or whatever. 
Also, the dress, I don't know about you, Nicole, but that dress was hideous. Like It was very ugly, but even that's her style. I mean, she made two awful did. dresses, one awful dress. So, I mean, she cut down on the awful dresses well, by one. Well, I think the first dress was pretty. I, I think the dress that she got from uh, Iona was really pretty. It was from, like, the 50s or late late 50s early 60s and i thought it was really pretty but she also could not I wear that harry dean stanton because daughter, though. The... <laughs> <laughs> i think i can make something out of this and i'm like Rrr. that's like buzz your girl that's like buzz your girlfriend maybe something Ugh. for your cat <laughs> yeah, buzz your girlfriend. Another John yeah i do um i do like the the music in this i do this is the best music in a uh john hughes film ever so that's what I got to say. Also, I'm going to put it out there right now that I am not the biggest Ferris Bueller fan, and I've never seen all of Weird Science. Oh. So. Okay. Well, what do you, so, yeah, Nicole, your favorite's Ferris Bueller, I'm assuming, right? Of this era yeah, of, I do. of the John I do Hughes like movies. Yeah. And then, okay, yeah. your favorite's Breakfast Club. Is that fair to say? Breakfast Club. Yeah, for real. Yeah, Breakfast Club is probably. Well. Planes, trains. I know it's not the same kind, but planes, trains is a mate. It's not the same kind the... though. But planes, trains is really good. I really like Weird Science though. I really, I didn't see that till like two years, maybe, maybe really? a year ago. Because, because that's uh, there's the if I had to pick like favorite like teenage movie scenes from the John Hughes collection, it's the the one he when him and his buddy go to like the jazz bar and they get really hammered. Um, B- Bill Paxton's character is really good in that. I-, I really like the weird science. It's not good at all. It's terrible. Like don't don't go in thinking it's gonna be good. It's <laughs> it's pretty awful, but it's it's like funny awful. Um, yeah, I'm gonna land between you guys when Nicole says uh, boring. Mama K says simple. I will land on and like I said earlier, it's dated. Um, this is probably a perfectly fine, solid three and a half star movie back then does not hold up now. You have to either have nostalgia for it or really love the rest of the John Hughes collection like to 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 get things out of it. I did not enjoy this watching it again the second time. Um I did not like this. Um uh, James Spader is surprisingly good in it. I think he's really he's got a good performance, but it's very spadery, so tick that if you like that or not. I don't know about that. I think at he's all. good. I, th- I think I, th- he's, I think he's the best kid in I this. I felt like, like or kid in quotations. I felt like he had a major disdain for his character. I think he didn't want to be there. It's and really I could bizarre tell he, the way he acted. Yeah, he acts like that it all the time, though. wasn't even disdain for everybody. No, but, I mean, there were there are times when I'm watching this that I physically get, you know, you know how there are, mo- Brennan knows this, there are pieces of movies that I just can't watch. There's a couple of his things in here that I, it's as bad as, like, you know, Independence Day, we will not, He's just you know, knocking down that fight, girlfriend whatever. the whole fucking movie. I'm like, knock it off already. Like, you are so <laughs> annoying. I, I I don't think I like his character, per se. I like his performance. I like when his character is on screen. No, Annie Potts is still the best no, part of this movie. His... Um, I get... Annie Potts is But really our lead good. romance, I don't really care for. I don't like Ducky. So that that's hard when you don't like the three principal characters. And then the overall thing of... Of the, of the class thing it just doesn't play anymore it doesn't work the same way it used to like if you you have to yeah. there has to be because now we do you know there's 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 race stuff now there's transgender gay bi lesbian stuff now like there's just more interesting ways to show one side of the tracks versus the other side of the tracks than this poor people who shouldn't be together coming together right like there's more exciting. interesting and like more um 
like those the, the the you know having race and gay lesbian bisexual transgender yeah. having those things today it just generates more interesting conflict and more interesting plot movements and characters and ideas prejudices it's just inherently more interesting than rich white guy and poor white girl in regular Ohio town. I mean, it's just, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like there should be such a problem. It doesn't, like, I don't feel it. I don't feel. Also, they're in California, so. They're not in California. I thought all of his movies take place in that one fucking town in, uh, in Ohio. They're supposed to take place in a town in Michigan, I think. Or Illinois. Something like Illinois it is, Yeah, they all take, I can't. But it was all filmed. It was all filmed in California. Yeah, I mean, most a lot of movies are, but um, no, this this does not hold up. It does not work for me, unfortunately. There's not there's not a lot here for me. Um, Ditto. Yeah, so that's pretty in pink. That's our first okay. host pick episode. I'm um, okay. You, I mean, you picked it. Any any, what do you what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do I have regrets? Is that what you're asking? Eh, me? I mean, no regrets. This wasn't your first John Hughes no pick. This was like your bronze John Hughes pick. <laughs> no right. Regrets. Right. And I can't even tell you after I made the pick on when I made it, um, you know, live on our on our show, I was already like backpedaling. Well, you're backpedaling because <laughs> oh, Jess and I'm, uh, I, I, I assumed you were incorrect because you are the older member of our show. So I thought you just didn't know the technology. I should have known Jess would have messed up just Googling something and thinking that meant it wasn't available on streaming. So I apologize. Yeah. I apologize and also, I did my YouTube. homework. Yeah, I did my homework, and I knew that it was... Unless somehow on, like, the middle of a month, something becomes unveil- unavailable, happens, which is not likely. No, I, I, I should not have doubted you. I will now doubt Jess in the future, which is what I should have done in the first place. I don't know why I ever didn't doubt <laughs> Jess. Uh, Jess, you're on the hook for the next one. If you're listening Jess to this, doubter. you are not escaping the clutches of the next host pick, which will be Nicole in April. Uh, probably in four, three or four weeks. I can't weeks. wait. I'm so yeah, excited. I, no I can't wait either. I'm I so gotta start I gotta start my research. Nicole will be doing her host pick yeah. in April. Jess will have hers in May and I will be in June and then we will start the cycle over unless we decide it's a train wreck and we don't want to do it anymore. But uh, our inaugural <laughs> episode, not bad. I kind of <laughs> like this looser format. Uh, we will be getting back to regular reviews though. Next episode will be The Hunt. Uh, probably the last theater review we do for a while because as everyone I'm sure is very aware uh if you're listening to this when we're making it a big old coronavirus sitting all over the place so a bunch of the theater reviews have been pushed mulan's been pushed quiet place has been pushed new mutants has been pushed uh james bond has been pushed several of the theater reviews we're going to do in the next month uh have all been pushed so we will be digging through streaming services and you guys are all probably stuck home from school or work or whatever anyway. Adapt and overcome. And ad- adapt and overcome. That's very intense. What's that from? <laughs> I don't know. It feels like it's from something. You just made pretty that in pink? Well, this is... I don't think it's from Pretty in Pink. Uh, pretty, pink pretty in Pink is this gone you, and settled. This gives... Um, this is... Uh, <laughs> so, so we're going to be doing a lot of streaming reviews. Uh, if you have anything to recommend to us, now is the time because I don't know the next uh, pandemic we're going to have yeah. that's going to let us do nothing but streaming reviews for a month. Uh, Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook if you want to reach us there. We hope none. We hope, we hope none, but you never know. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram, probably the best place to go. I am Brennan underscore pod host. And if you want to email the show, I check the email 
periodically uh films with the women at gmail.com okay thank you for selecting this also our twitter yeah. oh, i'm just gonna i'm gonna plug in our twitter too because our twitter has been uh recently reactivated yes. so I have, uh, like like with uh, the trust of the show i have shifted it from jess and onto mava k um <laughs> okay is running the twitter account. okay i feel a, i see a pattern emerging yeah. here i see okay a what's our twitter here. uh films with the women at films with women on twitter there you go at films if you want to get in touch with Mama K, she's running that one. I'm running the rest. Um, all right, yeah. Mama K, thank you for picking this. Thank you for going first in our in our yeah. host pick series. And Nicole, thank you for hanging on for this. I movie. took it for the team. So did Nicole and I. Um, but <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> Until next time, everyone. This is Brendan signing off, saying thanks for listening.